Welcome to ESI for All, an esports insider podcast where we aim to shine a light on the diverse people and organizations that make up the esports community. Um, I'm your host for today. I'm Becky Wright. I work at NSE. I'm the Senior Partnerships Manager. And with me, I've got the amazing Heather Dower, founder and CEO of Hot Drop. Hi, Heather. Hey. hey, it's so good to be on another kind of chat with you about a topic that I think we're both quite passionate about, actually. Yeah, yeah, because we were on one actually not too long ago, and um, we're going to be covering hiring uh, diverse talent and workplace culture, which, yeah, I think is something we're both interested in. Definitely. And you as a business owner is something very, very true to kind of your heart, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's been a a, a core focus. I feel like a lot of responsibility on my shoulders to feel like I'm being... Yeah. Uh, but that hasn't been the reasons why we've done done things. It's been from the heart and um, from experience and and from feedback and yeah and learning as well mistakes, which is really crucial. So yeah, it's um it's been quite daunting, kind of being one of the people that people may look closely at. I wouldn't say look up to, look closely at, but um yeah, it's it's um it's a very important topic that we need to keep driving home um in 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 workplace and in the sector. I think yeah. Also, I would say look up to you. I'm like, oh, there's thanks. many, and I look up to you as well as, yeah. you know, I think thank you're you. a very influential person in the industry. So, um, you, and I'm sure so. that's, oh, thanks. <laughs> so for those who don't know you, please yes. tell us a little bit about yourself and Hot Drop. Well, they're very lucky if they don't know me because they probably still have their sanity <laughs> intact um, and not met me uh, at an event. Um, no, um, I guess, uh, well, not I guess, I know who I am. Um, <laughs> so Hot, I'm the founder and CEO of Hot Drop, a creative marketing agency. Um, we are focused in the digital landscape. I think it's really important to understand that we approach video games and esports and the digital lifestyle separately as their own kind of categories and industries and sectors but they all do blend that's where we're at with culture these days is that they have huge significant crossover and influence to each other and that's what we focus on at hot drop so um yeah we um you know we work with food and beverage brick and mortar game studios software uh, direct consumer products technology um it sounds like we do everything um and it sounds like then we do a poor job but we we have the best team which obviously we'll go into hiring we have the best team that cover content production um social media 3d um building virtual studios for broadcast um yeah it's, it's it's pretty significant um and i've had quite a long history in um in esports and gaming as well which i think lends itself to to this type of company but i was i was never agency side i've never been agency side so i don't know what possessed me to then suddenly enter the agency world to be honest i'll be quite frank with you um it it is a whole different behemoth out there being agency side um yeah yeah because you were in-house before weren't you because you were esl for quite a while Mm, um mm, yeah but whilst we're talking about kind of like those early days pre hot drop, uh, how did you originally get involved in the scene? Yeah, I think um, I think I had what was probably back then deemed a very traditional route into into the scene. Um, I'm working full time. Um, I think when you when you look at the education system, <clears throat> you are almost particularly in the UK for for, for international listeners. Um, you are very, um, from an early age, expected to kind of decide what sector you're in, career and and, and kind of almost job occupation. Oh my God, I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> that you're meant to take up. Yeah. Um, and 
that's so linear sometimes that really I think that shapes people too much so I I always had a creative side I was I did science at school and all that um but from a really really young age I think I had a PC from the age of seven and I was PC gaming we had a steering wheel for Revolut um knew all the cheat codes to get the best cars um and I just loved gaming it was something that I was able to as quite a shy um girl actually make friends with on the playground to talk about video games and and such but I never studied anything creative or, or business related at school actually so I found that as a hobby as everyone might like want to love sport or anything I loved sport and I competed but ultimately I was making back then windy window movie maker reels of gameplay that I've captured with my friends when I was like aged 11 that was before like you know cod movies awesome. came out and stuff like that yeah. so I always had a, a knack and a flair for it but I never thought I'd have a job I always thought I was going to be an electrical engineer um so I mean, fast forward all this gaming and everything, I just found my people at university, um, built a new PC with my student loan. Um, my friend gave me a key for XSplit uh, back in 2011, and I just went streaming World of Warcraft. Um, I never looked back, really. So um, from from all of that, I was like, I never still thought even maybe six years ago this would be a job that pays a salary, let alone a mortgage and, you know, all that. But um I I worked on making a brand, um, which is still really important, even more so now. Um, and did Twitch streaming. And then uh, for some reason, I don't I don't like being in front of the camera, Becky. I don't know why this this whole like first sort of six seven years I was I was in front of the camera. I'm not I'm I'm voice for radio. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not a camera person, but. That was where the opportunities were. If you wanted to progress and prove yourself back then, you had to be in the camera. You had to be a sure. commentator, stage host. Um, so I did that. Uh, had opportunities locally at iSeries, Epic Clan. Um, had my own TV show, the world's first daily live news esports show in 55 countries. That That's felt awesome. cringe back then, but I'm really proud <laughs> of it now. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, yeah, I moved to ESL. Um, did I know anything about marketing? A little bit. I, as a, what you want to call an influencer, probably back then I dealt with press releases and embargoes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's quite, it was quite a traditional route back there. I really appreciate that is not normally a route that I would A, recommend these days. Mm. Um, but it's certainly one that exposed me to every asset and facet of the industry uh, to, to get me to where I am now so yeah I don't know in a, a very long-winded way I played video games I made content and uh, people seem to like it and enjoy it and and that continued and I'm, I'm extremely lucky and privileged to be in the position and, and have that journey that I had because it seems quite straightforward yeah yeah and and looking at that journey um one thing that isn't really kind of spoken about is I guess transitioning from those earlier roles that you did have then into running your own business with Hot Drop. Like what has what was that process like and what have you kind of learned along the way into into that, you know, running your own company and being a business owner? Yeah, I think um I'm a high achiever. I think a lot of us in the industry are high achievers, right? Yeah. Like you have to be because the pace. Um, and the constant change mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so you've got to be hungry all the time so I think I just had the desire to understand how things work and, and yeah. why they work what's the why and the how and can I challenge that and 
being in this industry where it is a little bit more startup still um, and yeah. you are expected in some pla- in some cases to wear many hats I think that really gave me years of experience in such short stints um d- have I ever studied business studies no did I ever st- study marketing no um but I feel like our level of real life jobs, which Becky, I know you've also what we call real life jobs. We've gone and worked <laughs> in other sectors prior to this, yeah. right? It wasn't just come out of education and go straight into a sector that we love. Cause that rarely even happens in sport. That rarely. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the career path line is that you have to go work a few other jobs and cut your teeth and, and slowly integrate into that sector that you want to work for. So um yeah I th- ESL was definitely um baptism by fire I was I think I was in and within two weeks I was organizing uh IEM viewing parties with Cineworld up and oh down gosh. the country and also organizing a, a a massive conference with um Anna who now runs Storymob um flown out within like less than 12 hours notice to come out and help support yeah. that so I was really thrown into the the fires and forged by it <laughs> And I, and you were saying about, you know, people having to wear kind of many hats. Like what was the rest yeah. of the team like? Was it quite a small team? Because I also think <laughs> esports runs on tiny teams or it seems to. So you're kind of having to just jump in wherever you can, giving us a lot of experience, which is great, but really, yeah. And is it the right experience yeah. or is it the wrong experience? So that's what you've got to start looking and reflecting back on, which is something I certainly did at Hot Drop. And I think, yes, when you're small teams, you need you need process in place and you need really good communication and you need to be really self-aware but I think a lot of environments that are start up I'm not just putting the finger on esports and video games is you are small teams so you do wear many hats but you forget the core fundamentals of success mm. which is communication and so I was a team of one when I joined ESL they Gosh. ESL UK had no marketing prior to that and they've been around for quite a few years actually um, and been doing quite a stellar job um so I was a team of one. I managed to bring in um, a social media manager who was freelancing, brought him in as an FTE um, and got, got the blessing there to do that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then we had Zuzana, um, Z, um, she came and joined. Uh, so we, I, I mean, we didn't expand hugely in it and, and people didn't really understand the purpose of us either. And then um, the head of creative left and I absorbed the creative team um, as well. And, we're, uh, you know, sort of that made sense because everything that we're making is a marketing purpose. It's either for broadcast or social. So there was far more synergy. But, yeah, um, teams are small um, and they always are small. And particularly as a business, you have to be very lean. Um, but that's something that we make sure that we manage workloads. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. But, yeah, I mean, like yourself, right, it's a small team, but you've got to be efficient and and not work 85% to 90% in priority otherwise actually stuff isn't done to the best and you don't feel yeah good about your work either so yeah 100% and something you just kind of touched on there is um you know early on in your hot drop journey you mm. did hire that head of people operations lead mm. um was that kind of like to combat this culture I guess of wearing many hats and teams working to full capacity and it being quite stressful um yeah. you know these types of roles you don't really see in the earlier stage of building businesses maybe you see it um you know once the business is really established like quite a few years down the line um but you could have brought that on early so tell us a bit about that hire and why that was important to you yeah I, so from the start we've done everything right well we'll try to do everything right we're not perfect and allude to that but from day one we had a hr software 
and we had three employees where they could book holiday they understood how to book holiday they understood you know how they could um track toil if they did accrue toil and so these were things that weren't implemented in other workplaces ever or, or when the businesses had scaled to such a large number and it's really hard to retrofit solutions you need to be creating solutions and process to marry the size of the business and where you're heading and where you want to go and I think a lack of forward thinking is the biggest downfall for a lot of SMEs in any sector and so yeah you're right ahead of people is an unheard uh, sort of uh P&L uh, <laughs> um, uh, addition but I think I wanted to lead by example on this that I can't wear loads of hats either and I'm not going to be I have the bandwidth to be the best HR resource but if I'm wanting to practice what I preach I need to bring in and show the team that if we have a workload and capacity problem and I can foresee it and predict it I'm going to be proactive not reactive and that opens up a really good healthy dialogue with the rest of the team across their departments what they're delivering on um we don't like crunch um and certainly to fulfill staff handbooks and staff policies and staff process and project management and and initiatives and training you have Mm. to bring someone in that's that's a full-time role but it's so scary it is so scary because you're like is this going to benefit well of course it's so much more efficient and and incredible for the business journey if you're retaining talent than losing talent because of one role it's just a no-brainer but I mean it was scary I thought about it for months but um and kind of put it off but I just thought you know what sometimes you've got to bite the bullet and give it a go and that's the joy of an SME yeah and how big is the team now at Hotdrop? Yeah, it keeps it keeps growing. Uh, yeah. we've, <laughs> um, we are we are now, I think, officially um, sixteen FTEs, full time employees. Mm. Uh, our head of people is actually on maternity leave, okay. um, so um, that was really, really um, kind of sort of like, oh, we definitely need to look at our maternity policies and then put them into action, which was actually quite rewarding. Mm. Um, but. Uh, we are that's two less than we last spoke um but they have left and we're we're hiring and actually um going to be putting out lots of new roles or four or five roles at least in the next couple of weeks um i envision we're probably going to be another seven on top of what our um 16 is uh, by the end of the year every time i say that though it usually is double that so i'm gonna hire two we end up hiring like six um (laughs) But we're doing it slowly. I I could just click fingers and hire another 15 people, but that is not a sensible way for us to expand. So everything's in a fine equilibrium balance at the moment. Yeah, because you find there's also, you see it, don't you? There's growing pains of expanding way too quickly and... Yeah, it's it's. I guess it must be a really difficult thing for you to balance. That's it. And if we've not got that, if we've not hit the nail on the head with the process, or we've implemented a new HR software recently, if everyone, if I'm not focused on getting that right with who we've got in the team, others are just going to fall behind and be dissatisfied. And we need to make sure onboarding. We've always had stellar onboarding. Yeah. I, I think we've had stellar onboarding because there's been such poor onboarding uh, <laughs> across the board elsewhere, but. We, you know, that everything is sent ahead of time. Expectations for week one, week week two, month one, month three. We lay that out, so we're we're all starting on on the same page. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can't. You've you've got to sort and have order before you bring other people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And um, 
kind of slightly pivoting off this mm. question um as esports is such a passion industry and you're everyone kind of involved in it they are a gamer they play esports i yeah. think well most most of it yeah. i'd say for the most part most people have an interest and a passion for esports and gaming when they decide to work in this industry and so as esports continues to professionalize that tightrope balance between Work and pleasure is sometimes difficult. Yeah. People experience a lot of burnout. They become less passionate about the hobby that, that got them into the industry in the first place. So it's probably a very difficult question, but as a business owner, how do you tackle that? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, like we, we look to hire people in roles that don't necessarily also come from that sector. So I had of people um, came from traditional bank, HR and such, but wanted the challenge to see where you could marry up traditional with forward thinking um hr and that's perfect for us um so that and also we don't just apply initiatives for the sake of initiatives so we're looking at mental health days and we're looking at uh, training around that uh, we're looking at um ways that we could do training um that isn't just game specific because otherwise you get fatigue from that so um yeah. we've actually created our own uh, initiatives called hot jams um and they are we make fun briefs maybe based on films and such that upskill but aren't focused on gaming ip and such so it actually then benefits us further down the line so we do try and step away we're also from day one we've been really strict on 5 30 is finish um communicate as to why something didn't get done because there's probably maybe a lack of process which is fantastic we can fix that um but also weekends very rarely um and we set the expectation with clients as well so there needs to be that boundary because if you're particularly in creative work if you're not resting and being inspired and enjoying other stuff in life traveling watching movies then you're not going to be your best creative self so it, it it was a mantra that i brought in from day one I was like, first of all, I used to work nine till six. We're not we're doing nine till half five. Um, that made all the difference. And we've looked at other initiatives, you know, like, is it a four day week or is it, you know, they can finish early on Thursdays because it's late night shopping and actually they can run errands so that it frees up their weekends more. So we're, we're constantly exploring, but until we feel something's right, we won't implement it. Otherwise it just seems slapdash and it's like, oh, great. You have all these initiatives, but they don't actually benefit anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, really key. Yeah. And I, I think that's awesome to hear. And I, it sounds like you're approaching it from the right way, because I mm. think certain businesses, um, none that I've worked for, but you hear about it in the industry, yeah. they can take advantage of that passion that people have, and they'll Correct. end up working really long hours um, for low pay and yeah. even like internships, like the internship culture, they, you know, bring on people for free, get them to do a bunch of work because they're so passionate and they want to work in the well, industry so badly. It's internships is something that the guys have asked us about at mm. Hot Drop, and I really want to do it, but I want to do it right, and I just don't have enough resources yeah. or tools. Um, and I'm not saying free interns; I'm talking paid interns. But yeah. we're also a living wage pay uh, payer, um, and something that we did from day one as well was ensure everyone was on living wage. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm really interested in doing the intern um, and, and create opportunity because we know experience is um, is sacred. Um, but yeah, it's, I want to do it right. So I won't do it unless I know how to do it correctly. And I don't feel like I know, or if anyone is doing intern stuff, they're not talking about it. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe we should speak about it more because we do an internship program. Yeah. Um, we bring hmm. on people like for three months, three times a year. 
um, paid internships and stuff like that. But we thought about it for quite a long time before and we mm. kind of trialed it a little bit over the summer and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so it does take a bit of time, I think, to work it out. But um, yeah, it's it's good if you, if you can do it. And I think- It sounds rewarding for you guys. Yeah, it is. I think, well, I think it, it has to be rewarding for both parties. Of course, like, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's rewarding for us and we put a massive focus on making sure that the student or recent graduate or maybe they haven't mm. been to university at all it's um usually our internships are open to anyone um Maybe. and it has they have to get enough out of the internship as well for it to be like a two-way street it has and to that's be. also something like capacity and bandwidth i just want to make sure that they're actually going to have enough support yeah do you know what i mean so again yeah, it's course. like got to do everything right have everything in place yeah um but yeah it's about i really really hot drops about everyone creating their own opportunity and destiny um and so yeah. that we focus on an appraisals as well it's like what do they want out of this what do they want to succeed in the next six months and, mm-hmm. and we put stuff in place for them to do that it doesn't have to always be what the exactly a business objective it, it, that's not realistic yeah yeah so We've seen in recent years some more negative headlines um, mm. when it comes to company culture and gender split in the esports business. So how do you approach hiring and retaining diverse talent? I mean, you spoke about retaining kind of with the yeah. hiring the um, head of people operations lead, but in terms when you're coming to hiring, how does how does your thought process work there? Yeah, it's really interesting. I've I've hired for loads of roles before, like in retail and everything, and there's a usually quite a strict criteria. Admittedly, I do it like sort of 90% based on gut. Um, I, I know the company so well, and I like to think I know each individual in the business to a, an appropriate level um, that doesn't cross any boundaries, um, that I understand how, from just talking to those people, what little things might irk the other team so I can stamp that out straight away and and vice versa what could the team that already pre-exists do that might cause some uh, process issues or, or such um so we we really struggle i think to find appropriate candidate candidates in the first place um there is a plethora of the same kind of group of people applying for roles um for whatever reason but i i really I still don't think there's enough signposting and and visibility on that there are actually jobs in the sector and that people can move over that and of of you know sort of varying degrees of individuals and experience and backgrounds and um yeah we really struggle with the candidate process so I mean primarily a lot of it is based off word of mouth mm-hmm. and recommendation to begin with but we do go through the traditional interview process and, and job application um but when we're interviewing we're not we have a couple of traditional interview questions, but rather than sort of like, where do you see yourself in two years time? That's just not tangible. If you ask me, where do you see the business in two years time? It's going to be way off what actually yeah. it ever reaches. So what, why even, what, what, what's the more immediate, where's their mindset at? Like, you know, in the next three months, what do you want to see yourself achieving if you were in this role with this business, knowing the caliber of our clients? And if they're like, well, I want to travel to three different countries and run three physical activations. And I go, cool yeah we've got that in the pipeline or okay that's a great goal for us as well let's do it so mm. we we do shape the questions and it's more about sort of them as a person um what they what influence them what inspires them what do they do outside of work 
are they in good practice of having that life work balance that's like something we tried to immediately identify as well so yeah i think hiring is very still something that we need to improve on i wouldn't profess that we get back to absolutely everyone we don't um just because there's a bandwidth issue yeah. here um i'm a woman of one um and uh, my amazing amazing head of ops is on on mat, mat leave so you know we we do the best we can but we're looking to always improve that and we're making sure we learned from um, another ESI um, panel actually back in Manchester at host um, amazing uh, feedback from Tash about um, or Tasha sorry um, ensuring that we don't have hard language analytical mm-hmm. language on on job descriptions and I was like oh my god I did engineering all my terminology is such hard language we, we yeah. need more kind of lower barrier to entry to ensure that anyone feels like they can apply for that role so we're learning it's a big is a big focus this year as we expand to ensure that we're attracting um the most i'm not going to say best talent because talent is can be developed in-house but the best candidates that seem hungry so yeah yeah for sure and um i think many other people will resonate with that like finding people is hard i mean i think we've found that Putting out jobs which are entry level are is you you find you get a lot a more sorry much more candidates applying for it. Finding mm. people that are kind of like mid to senior level is difficult. Yeah. Um. And I'm not sure why that is, but there's just more people trying to get into the industry, I guess, than people actually in it. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think it's a confidence thing as well. Yeah, like that's I was true. always brought up on the values of if you think you can do it, apply for it. But I don't think I think people still doubt themselves. Yeah. And, sometimes if you if the progression is not within the business you're at or where you're at currently like you do need to look elsewhere to get that progression if they're not having conversations with you and you can't if you apply for that entry level role and you've been entry level for two years three years then you're going to get stuck at entry level you need to show that you're capable and you've got the right mindset so yeah we really struggle particularly diverse talent and particularly women in any of our senior leadership is why I was so pleased I found Laura to be our head of people um and and had such a traditional background as well I was just like yes this is exactly what this business yeah. needs right now um but we're working with uh, with everyone in the business as well for for senior leadership as well and development but it's I th- it is a constant struggle I know we've talked about it regularly and mm-hmm. I have talked to other business owners and um I don't have the answers, but I hope that we can figure it all out together um, yeah. and, and make that better. Although overall, make the industry far better as well. So, Yeah, I think you're spot on with the doubt. People kind of undervalue what they've learned and then they think, oh, I can't apply for that job. I'm not sure. Anyone listening to this, if you're thinking about going for a job, just apply for it. The company it. or the person looking through those applica- applications isn't going to go, oh, well, look at them. They're not good enough. I can't believe they've applied. That's not a reaction that you would ever have. It's just... Do you have the experience? Maybe you don't. Maybe you're nearly there. And also, people yeah. take a punt on people, like you said, that you can develop the talent in house. You you will take. You can if they have the right fit and the right vibe. Um, people might go for you and develop you in house anyway. I would say, out of all the employees we've had, because we've had a couple of leave and go on to other roles, um, mm. and that's really awesome for them in other sectors. Um, I mean, our overall staff retention is incredible, um, but. Um, I'd forgot what point I was going to make. I got too, I leant forward. I got too passionate, passionate. 
um <laughs> taking a punt on people who yeah, maybe, that's, yeah thank you thank you so much oh my goodness um <laughs> how very professional of me um <laughs> you know I would say out of all the people we've had probably two out of all the people we've employed have had direct relevant experience to what yeah. they do in their roles everyone else sure take a punt I've believed in them um they may have not believed in themselves from the start and had imposter syndrome we work on that that's fine but I've gone okay this is the place and the playground and the sandbox and it's safe let's go for it and mm. and and giving them the tools and the encouragement and and they are the best of the business internationally right now let me tell you yeah. so yeah it's the way to do it that's awesome and do you think creating good company culture plays a factor in attracting diverse talent? Yeah, I I, I feel like co- I feel like the word culture is p- perhaps a new esports authentic, um, <laughs> yeah. something that is. But it's it good because I think too many years have gone on, and still there is so much work where volunteers are used. Um, uh, incorrectly there are correct ways to to, to onboard volunteers epic land are a good case study of that as always i'm sure we'll all preach that um but there is out of the nine out of the ten there are nine really bad um uses of that um the culture is what does culture mean to hot drop i guess it means that everyone is happy everyone is communicating everyone has been effectively delegated to which means have they uh, do they understand what they need to achieve have they been able to focalize whether they have or haven't done this before have they got the right support therefore and do they know who to talk to and how to get it over the line and what else do they need to achieve that like that is culture for me in terms of everyone pulling together everyone's got everyone's back everyone's willing to say look I've never done that before but let me give it a go um and for us well not unfortunately but you know, culture for us is also there's more to life than work. We almost say that every day in the business, which is probably madness hearing a a, a founder and a CEO kind of say that there's more to work. And you're like, no, make make money for the business and achieve. But this, it's true. There's more to life yeah. than work. Yeah, for if sure. If people need to be off, people need to go somewhere. People need the morning off. Uh, well, don't book holiday because that's not rest. You're doing so. You're running an errand. You need to get something done. So we 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 base it on trust as well and no one's ever broken that trust because they know they get their job done we're flexible um so that has meant as i mentioned staff retention has been incredible it's our staff turnover is one of the best probably in the industry i'm gonna boldly claim yeah. i've learned something uh, being a ceo it's very lonely at the top and you don't ever get to talk about your success and so i'm gonna put it out there as a bold claim we've probably got one of the best staff retentions in the industry um because we've tried and we're, we listen we're not perfect we admit that but we communicate about when we're going to implement things what hasn't worked and that's culture It's growing yeah. together and supporting each other so yes it's super important if you feel like you belong and you have a voice and it's equal that's what culture is about so none of this like stupid incentive stuff i don't know i'm i'm quite quite anti it so <laughs> well wait what do you mean by that um, well, just incentive like, stuff do you mean like there are some companies who do like retention bonuses and stuff and yeah stuff like that. is that um, what you mean yeah yeah your head's got to be in it for the right reasons yeah yeah otherwise you're not getting genuine work done yeah that's well. fair yeah and i think you know everything that you've put into hot drop and all this thought um 
as far as I'm aware, like Hot Job has like a really, really great opinion within the rest of the industry. And mm. um, it's admirable to see that you've created and are running a successful business in the esports space. Um, it's uh, super impressive, especially when there aren't many CEOs and senior um, management staff who are women. So what advice do you have for aspiring esports professionals mm. um, who wish to kind of follow in your footsteps, whether that's creating a business or, you know, getting to the top of their field, what advice do you have? Be clear about it from the start. I remember being at ESL and telling my boss, you know, sort of in a year's time, I want to be marketing director. And when that came about, I said in about a year's time, I'm going to be leaving and setting up my own business. So I was really clear about my goals and there's no shame in that. Um, and I do the same with the the team now at Hot Drop. I say this is our goal, whether it's a today goal or a six month goal or a three year goal. I'm really I'm really open and honest about where I want to head and where I'm taking things because people will buy in. They understand what you're about. Um, so that's a really have no shame in that. Um, obviously, there's a right and wrong way about going into it, going about it. Like like you will make me marketing director by X. Like no, I'm gonna. That's what I'm working towards, and this is how I need help here. I have areas that I don't know here. I need more exposure here. Um, so yeah, being really clear and candid about where you want to go, and that changes as well. So being open and honest with yourself, like nothing. I remember I wanted to be. Um, sort of you know uh an f1 commentator when i was a kid and i was distraught when i found out that i like I, with my speech impediment i was never going to make it and then you know the plans change all the time um but as long as you're honest and open with them um yeah. any other advice you have to be your biggest champion and it's, it feels cringe and it feels forced and I'm, I'm still trying to learn about it but just before we, we hit live i was talking about how you know I, I go to I don't know if, what possessed me at this point of leadership where I thought well I just won't face sexism in the workplace anymore because I run my own business so naturally I'll get respect from yeah. outsiders it's like no it's even worse than ever before really like, I really have to prove myself now like, I, I just I didn't I, it really took me by surprise and made it really difficult particularly because this business was built before the pandemic but unfortunately has spent a lot of the life in it mm -hmm. during the pandemic so visibility was really hard but you have to back yourself and that means when you say I'm the founder and CEO of Hot Drop and they go oh okay and then they move on to one of your male colleagues um they go and start asking business sensitive questions they go I don't know talk to my boss and I have to be like I'm it's me I'm the boss yeah. I'm the boss I'm the boss I'm backing myself I am the boss I'm the boss lady so you know as cringe as it feels you have to back yourself in every situation again in the correct way not just like what well, in my opinion well what I say you go that is not leadership in, in, in its final in mm -hmm. its form and I think the last bit of advice is um have open dialogue about things um in terms of like for instance if a scenario happens where there's been a bit of sexism in the workplace or at a work event, which still happens to this day. Um, I experienced it even last week. Um, you talk to the colleagues about like, how, how did you feel about that? Did that make you uncomfortable as, as a, a male colleague of, uh, you know, uh, he, him at, at the company and how, how do we agree to go about it to make us both feel comfortable going forward and actually yeah. saying, yeah, that isn't acceptable. Go, no, that isn't acceptable because, it's all a collective uh, job. So yeah, uh, open dialogue about scenarios and situations live and you need to you need to bring those up um, 
if you want to go into senior management or anywhere else in the industry so I know that's a bit probably abstract but they're quite personal bits of advice um to share really yeah and no I think it makes I think it makes total self um advocating for yourself is the hardest it's the hardest part I'm still rubbish at it I'm trying to get better (laughs) it's it's difficult it's difficult you know and I think um uh, yeah I've got a lot to learn in that uh, in that respect um, we're, we're made to feel like we sh- we shouldn't do that and that we're uh we have to well we of course let our work speak for ourselves but we are a product of our own work so we yeah. have to be really proud of ourselves yeah um we're gonna move on to something completely off topic do you have anything else you want to say that you haven't had the opportunity to say on this topic yet uh no I think I think I've probably bored everyone's yeah. ears <laughs> I'll check it though. It's been so, really great to talk about it, yeah, honestly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, um, you've given some really interesting insi- insights. So thank Thanks. you. Um, so, completely off topic, um, if you were trapped on a desert mm-hmm. island and you could only take three items with you, what would they be and why? So, what are the rules about this? We didn't set ground rules. Do you know oh, the rules about this? I don't think I have rules. So, if um, I was to say like a record player and a vinyl, is that too. I mean, I think or you an could album. probably, I think you could probably like group that together. Okay. Maybe. I let, you know, that's going to be the rule. If it's something okay. super related, obviously if it was like five different things as part of one thing, then I don't think okay. that would be allowed. But if it was a record player and a vinyl, I think that's okay. Okay. Cause it's really hard. I'm not a very, believe it or not, I'm not a very materialistic person. So I'm like, <laughs> what can I take that yeah. are items? Um, I, so a record player and and probably just a vo- a copy of Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, because nice I could listen choice. to that all day, every day. Um, and then I'm really boring after that. I do not want a phone. If I'm stranded, good, leave me there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying there. I'm never coming back. Yeah. Come on, I'm on permanent leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm AWOL. Someone could take the keys to the company. I'm I'm good. No. Um. I don't know. What would you take? I'm really interested to know what you would take as well um, to throw it, so we can both struggle on this segment. Well, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that it's I, when I think of a desert island, I think it's you know somewhere really hot and sunny, yeah. and it's got I like I burn really easily. I would need to bring something to cover myself up or loads and loads of sun cream to last me Same. forever because I would just turn into a lobster. Like I just wouldn't survive. So either something that I can like give myself shade maybe like a very large umbrella I don't you know yeah, like, like those that. golf like umbrellas I like that. <laughs> um maybe that but then I don't know umbrellas don't last forever do they so no they don't but you could build with the leaves maybe yeah there you go. Was, okay you're too practical I was like I don't know <laughs> I'm just gonna kill time kick my feet up I was like maybe a well, bean bag and yeah. and and probably some sangria but unlimited lifetime Ooh, supply of sangria yeah. and then I'm I chilling. think I think I'd want to take like um, I wouldn't want to take my PC, but I might want to take mm. like a PlayStation mm. that has access to the internet, so I can play, but so not be contacted. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's really good. Maybe a PlayStation, oh. an umbrella. I like the sangria shell, you know. Yeah, I like sangria just because yeah. you can eat the veg, the fruit, the veg. What sangria's <laughs> got veg? You can eat the fruit, and that's somewhat healthy, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, between us both, if we were on an island, we'd have a pretty good setup. So yeah, I think so. I think so. Also, the the husband and dog aren't items, so they don't come. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, would I want to take my cats? I'm like, actually, no, they would hate it. No, yeah, they would hate to be on a on an island. So I just yeah, umbrella, PlayStation, the sangria, you're sorted. (laughs) Love it, love it. Awesome. 
um okay well let's round it out thank you so so much for uh joining um actually do you want to plug anything where can people follow you yeah sure um hotdrop.gg for our website forward slash portfolio if you want to have a read up on any of the case studies of the amazing brands we're allowed to talk about at the moment there is far more work that we do that we uh do completely white label uh internationally as well um and then on social hotdrop underscore gg on both twitter and instagram although our instagram isn't very much touched but mm-hmm. would appreciate a follow on linkedin if you can we're trying to get to a thousand followers on linkedin and, and our head of marcom's kin and we'll be really pleased that i've plugged that <laughs> and the website um and then yeah uh, heather dower and on, on linkedin if you want to want to talk basically but thanks for having awesome. me as well it's been a real honor to be a part of esi and and, and the content as always awesome um yeah and if anyone wants to find out more about university esports you can go to nse.gg and find out all about the wonderful world of esports at university and what our community is up to and the tournaments we're running um and of course if you want to keep up to date on everything esi for all make sure you follow esports insider on social media or if you're on youtube you can subscribe to the channel there uh, i've been your host uh, becky wright and thanks so much for watching